Today on Transforming Lives. Today we want to minister on the third ingredient of the recipe for success, and that is developing self-discipline. Discipline is training to improve self-control. Welcome to Transforming Lives, a media ministry of Bethel World Outreach Church, City of Glory in Alexandria, Virginia, a multicultural, missions-oriented, disciple-making organization with the purpose of sharing the gospel with as many people as possible in the Northern Virginia area and around the world. Please join Reverend Obadiah Swen for today's message. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 23 to 27. I do everything to spread the good news of the gospel and to share in its blessings. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win the prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal price. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like, like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching the, to others, I myself may be disqualified. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Holy Spirit, you are my sufficiency. I yield to you every aspect of my being. I pray, Lord, that you will give your people hearts to believe, minds to understand, and wills to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. A famous archer was once asked by a young man to teach him how to become an archer. If you want to learn to shoot an arrow, you must first train the power of your eyes, the archer said to him. You must be able to fix your gaze on a single object without blinking. The young man went home and practiced. After two years, he had achieved remarkable success. He went and told the archer. After listening to his story, the archer told him to go home and train his eyes until he could look at a tiny object and see it as a big one. The young man went back, and after several months of practice, he could see a tiny tread as a large wheel cart. After telling the archer of his accomplishment, he was patted on the shoulder with the encouragement, you have made it. Only then did the archer begin to teach the young man how to shoot an arrow. Later, that young man became a skillful archer who never missed a shot. We are continuing our series on the recipe for success. We told you that success is knowing your purpose in life, growing to your maximum potential, and sowing seeds that benefit others. We also told you that Jesus is calling us to uh, um, join him in his work. Hence, the work of Jesus is increasing your ability to cooperate with God and to minister to people. The last time we ministered, we taught you on the second ingredient of, minister, um, uh, of recipe for success. That is connecting with people. 
We told you that there are three things that you need to do in order to connect with people. They are, you need to understand people, help people, and love people. Today, we want to minister on the third ingredient of the recipe for success, and that is developing self-discipline. Discipline is training to improve self-control. The joining of growth and success begins on the inside. You should learn how to lead yourself if you will be effective and successful. In the passage we just read, Paul stressed that in order to do anything significant, we must discipline ourselves. Today I want to share with you three principles of self-discipline. They are living a disciplined lifestyle, challenging your excuses, and focusing on results. Let's look at each one of them separately. Living a disciplined lifestyle. In order to live a disciplined lifestyle, you need to develop systems and routines for growth and success. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 to 6, the Bible says, Be careful to obey all the commands that I have given you today. Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove to you, to prove your character and to find out what was in your heart, and whether or not that you will obey him. Yes, he humbled you by letting you to go hungry and feeding you with manna that you did not know of. Neither did your fathers know. He did this to teach you that people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. For these 40 years, your clothes did not wear out, neither did your shoes or your feet were got blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplined his child, so the Lord disciplined you. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways. Discipline is not an event. Discipline is a lifestyle. It is a process that requires time and effort. There are three areas that you need to focus on if you must live a disciplined lifestyle. Number one, you need to discipline your body. Amen. We, we, we share with you, Paul said in the passage, he said, everyone who runs a race run to win, but only one person wins the, the prize. So therefore, we need to discipline ourselves like athletes in order to win the race or the race of life. To be able to, 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 to discipline your body, you need to understand that your body is the temple of God. That means if your body is the temple of God, that means what you do with your body, what you do with your heart, it is very, very important. That means you need to live, make sure that you refrain from sexual sins and immorality. Because your body is the temple of God. What you put in your body or what you do with your body is reflecting on God. And it is very important. You need to develop systems that will make you physically whole through good sleep, good rest, good nutrition, exercise. But you need to develop yourself in such a way 
that you will have a strong and a fit body for you to continue to be healthy and strong. The second thing that you need to do to live a disciplined lifestyle is that you need to discipline your mind. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, he said, Brethren, I beseech you that you may give up your bodies as a living sacrifice unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. God wants us to renew our mind. God wants us to, to be conscious of how we, 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 we think, of what we think about, what we put in our hearts and our minds. Amen? It is very, very important. You need to know that your mind is the timber start of your life. Whatever you think about, that's in the direction that you are going into. Amen? Rudolph Emerson said, what you are thinking about now is what you uh, 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 will become in the future. What you thought about in the past is what you are living now. It is very important for you to make sure that your thoughts are in line with the word of God. Everything in life begins with a thought. Your thoughts are who you are. If you are able to change the way you think from negative thinking to positive and the good thinking and godly thinking, your life will change. Jesus said to, his, to the scribes and the Pharisees, he said, Do not be deceived. A good person out of the good treasures of his heart will do good things. And an evil person out of the evil treasure of his heart will, will produce evil things. Amen. You can't, you, you, you can't think bad or think uh, 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 um, negatively and expect to have positive results. It is not possible. You need to think properly. Amen. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says you need to think about what is true. What is true? The word of God is true. Amen. What it, what it says is you need to think about what is noble. You need to think about what is right. You need to think about what is pure. You need to think about what is lovely. You need to think about what is honorable. You need to think about what is excellent and praiseworthy. You need to think about these things. Amen? Don't just allow your mind to just wonder and think about all kinds of things. Think about what is good and true and pure. Amen? Expose yourself to good materials, good books, good reading habits. Amen? Expose yourself to that. Don't, don't expose yourself to, to bad materials. Expose yourself to good things. Amen? If you will be successful, you need to be able to, to, to expose yourself to, to good thinking and good materials. Amen. Say hallelujah. Amen. The third thing that you need to do in order to live a disciplined lifestyle is to discipline your spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 25, the Bible says, If we live in the spirit or walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the loss of the flesh. For the spirit lusts against the flesh, and the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the two are contrary to each other. They are working against one another. Amen. So we need to, to live in the spirit. In verse 22, the Bible says, The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have Christ crucified the sinful nature and his passion. And we need to walk in the spirit. Think about it. The Bible says those who controls the spirit is stronger than he who takes the city. In essence, what the Bible is telling us is that you are stronger if you are able to retain self-control than having all the military might to take a city. Amen? Self-control is very important. Amen? Ask yourself the question, is your spirit trained? Are you training yourself? Are you living in a way, in such a way, that, 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 that you are bringing glory to God and you are, you are maximizing your, your potential? Um, are you motivated by love for people? Uh, uh, are you, are you, do you love people in spite of who they are and, and what they are doing? Amen. Do you exhibit unshakable uh, uh, joy regardless of the circumstances you find yourself in? Are you able to have peace in the midst of difficult situations? If you are able to have peace, that means you are training your spirit and you need to work at it. Can people take courage of you because of your inner peace? Amen. Can people be, 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 come around you and find solace because of who you are and because of what you are doing? Do, do you wait patiently for results or are, you very anx- or, or are you very anxious? Are you the kind of person where everything has to happen now or, or you, you, you lose your cool or you lose, your, lose control? Do you, are you able to wait patiently to see your, 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 your progress and, and, and your goals come to pass? Are you caring and understanding towards everybody you meet? Do you judge people before you meet them? Do you judge people without even knowing them? If you are the kind of person who will draw conclusions about people or be prejudiced about people, that means you don't have a controlled spirit or a trained spirit. Amen? Do you keep your commitments? Do people desire to be around you? Do you desire the best of others? Are your strengths under control? Are you the kind of person who can be both tough and tender at the same time? Are you gentle with people? Are you able to discipline yourself to to, 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 see, to make progress towards your goal, if you are able to do that, then you are disciplining your spirit. Amen. So the first thing that we said in order to, be, to, 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 to develop self-discipline is to live a disciplined lifestyle. And we said to live a disciplined lifestyle, there are three things you need to do. You need to develop your body and discipline your body, discipline your mind, and discipline your spirit. The second thing concerning developing a discipline, uh, uh, um, self-discipline, is to challenge your excuses. Say challenge your excuses. You see, in life, many times, we want to make excuses. There is a good story in the book of Judges that, that tells us concerning uh, um, excuses. There was a, 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 a time in, in the, in the, in the, in the um, uh, um, life of the children of Israel where they were being attacked by the Mennonites. And the Bible says that these group of people were very vicious. They were very uh, 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 ruthless. They would come 
um, doing um, harvest time, and they would take all of the harvest and they would, they would, they would, they would touch the fields. And so the, the children of Israel were, were, were afraid, and there were some young men by the name of Gideon. And this man was, was, was hiding in, in the, the threshing floor trying to, to find food for he and his family. And the spirit of the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, You mighty man of valor. And the Bible tells us that Gideon uh, um, looked at him and turned around and was looking for who was the mighty man that the angel was talking about. And then he began to ask the angel, he said, if, if I'm a mighty man, then why are, are all these things happening in our lives? Why, why are we running from our enemies? Why, where are the, the miracles that God did before? And the angel of the Lord said, go in this your might in your, or this your strength. And then Gideon began to give excuses. Here was a man who was looking for a solution, but when the, when the angel of God or, or God was challenging him to do something about it, he began to give con excuses. He said, my family is the smallest uh, 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 family in my tribe, and my tribe is the smallest tribe in Israel, and I'm the smallest uh, uh, person in my family. And so he was looking at himself, as being insignificant, as being somebody who could not do anything. But God knew better. God came and said to him, go in your strength. Amen. You see, one of the mistakes that we make in life is that instead of focusing on our strengths, we focus on our weaknesses. We magnify how weak we are. We magnify how, how insignificant we are. We magnify the, the problem instead of looking at God for strength and, and, and solution. And we magnify how much we are not able to do what we need to do. But God is saying to you and God is saying to me, go in your strength. You see, child of God, a journey of a thousand miles begin with one step. If you will progress and become successful, you must be willing to take the step. Jesus said, all things are possible to those who believe. Instead of making excuses, focus on your strength. Action comes before feelings. If you are willing, wait, waiting to feel good, about something before you begin to do something, you will not feel it. You need to begin to act on what you know. God said to Gideon, go in this your strength. And if you read the entire story of Gideon, God was able to use this man out of, with 300 soldiers to defeat an army of more than 135,000 people because God uses our strength, and God is bigger than any obstacle that can come against us. We must accept, uh, um, not accept, uh, 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 um, we must try to eliminate the tendency of making excuses. You see, God does not accept excuses, and neither do men. And so you need to forget about the excuses. Uh, another person in the Bible who made a lot of excuses was the man Moses. Most of you know the story of Moses. The Bible tells us that Moses was born during the time that Pharaoh had challenged 
they uh, made a decree that all of the, the sons uh, um, that were born to the Israelites should be thrown into the water. His parents saw that he was a proper child and def defied the Pharaoh's command. They hid him for three months, and after three months, they could not hide him anymore, and so they put him on the water, and then Pharaoh's daughters took Moses, and, and she ex adopted Moses, and Moses was trained in the education and in the, 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 the wisdom and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the learnings of the Egyptians. With Moses was trained, and, and for 40 years, his first 40 years of his life, the Moses was, was educated by Egypt. Amen. He was the king's daughter, uh, 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 um, son. And so he, was, he went to the best school. And so Moses thought that he was going to be the man that would deliver the children of Israel. And the Bible tells us that, that he, he went out one time and he saw some uh, Egyptians that were uh, uh, um, uh, uh, um, Egyptians that were misusing or, 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 or abusing an Israelite and he fought the Egyptian and killed the Egyptian. The second time he went out, when he went out, he saw two Israelites uh, um, having a, 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 a quarrel and he tried to, to solve the problem, but and then the, the word came out, and the Bible says Moses fled. He went into Midian, and for 40 years, he was behind the, the backside of the mountain, taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. After 40 years, Moses saw a bush that was burning, and God came to him and said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And I've come to you, in order for you to go to my people because I have come down to deliver them. Now, here was a, a great power or a, a, a experience of this man. Forty years ago, Moses wanted to deliver Israel so bad that he took matters in his own hands. Forty years after God came, excuse me, and gave him a, 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 an opportunity to do that which he wanted to do. And then the Bible says, Moses said, Who am I that Pharaoh will listen to me? He was making excuses. God was sending him, and he was concerned about Pharaoh, whether Pharaoh will listen to him or not. And God said um, to, to Moses, I will be with you. And then Moses said, Well, God, even the children of Israel will not listen to me. Wait a minute. God is saying to go. But Moses was making excuses that the people that he was going to would not listen to him. And then God said, I will be with you. I will go ahead of you. And then he said, God, I cannot speak. You see, Moses was finding every reason not to go. And sometimes we are like that. Sometimes we talk ourselves out of the blessings of God. We talk our, uh, ourselves out of opportunities. We talk ourselves out of uh, 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 promotions or things that, that God wanted to bless us with. Because we are so afraid of what people will say or what people will do or we are even afraid to fail. You need to challenge your excuses. Get rid of them. Begin to do that which God has called you to do. Trust God. Allow God to work in your life. Allow God to minister unto you. All things are possible to those who believe. 
all things are possible. If you can believe God, God can work wonders in your life. Don't allow situation or circumstances to, to pull you down. God has a repetition of dealing with people who are lonely and have no name. God is able to change your destiny and change your situation. Trust him. Trust God. Allow him to work in you and work to you, through you. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. We are out of time. We have to stop here. We will continue next time. Please stay tuned. Pastor Liz and I will be right back with a very important message. Thank you for spending this time with us. We do not like to end our broadcast without giving you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. But your sins are separating you from God's abundant life. Therefore, he has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins so that you can experience forgiveness of sins and redemption from death and destruction. If you will accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you shall be saved and enjoy God's abundant life. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Friends, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Friends, we are excited that you have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. We would like to send you some free materials to help you grow in your Christian faith. Please write or email us at Bethel World Outreach Church, City of Glory, 8305 Richmond Highway, Suite 2A, Alexandra, Virginia, 22309, or admin at BethelVA.com. We encourage you to join a good Bible-believing church so that you can serve the Lord with other believers. If you live in the Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. area, we invite you to worship with us at any of our services on Sunday morning at 11 a.m., our contemporary worship service, on Wednesday night at 8 p.m., our Bible study, and on Friday at 8 p.m. at our intercessory prayer meeting. Thank you for joining us, and God bless you. This has been a presentation of Transforming Lives, a media ministry of Bethel World Outreach Church, City of Glory. We are located on 8305 Richmond Highway, Suite 2A, Alexandria, Virginia, 22309. Please join us at one of our services on Sunday at 11 a.m. Contemporary Worship. Wednesday at 8 p.m. Bible study, and Friday at 8 p.m. intercessory prayer. For more information about Bethel City of Glory and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at BethelCityOfGlory.org or email us at admin at BethelVA.com. Mm -hmm.